Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross All right, we are live. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross managing editor of Fightful.com and FightfulWrestling.com. The List and your boy wrestling podcast number 62. Jimmy, are you ready to feel the Zoom? It's so interesting you mentioned that. Because that's on my list this week, and you want to know what's ironic, Sean? I don't know if I can uh, zoom in on my list here. I actually put Feel the Zoom on this thing. I actually yeah, wrote I, Feel the Zoom. Yeah, I know. It's in the title of our show, Jimmy. Because oh, I didn't know. I didn't know. I either. take the topics <laughs> of the show from the tweet that you put out in early afternoon every Wednesday. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. You, I don't, don't... you don't give them to me beforehand. No, I don't. No, I don't. That's I part find of the out fun. Via a tweet like the rest of the world. Yes, you do, and that's how it should be. <laughs> okay. That's how it should be. It's kind of like when Jim Ross would say, "I didn't like being in the production meetings because I wanted to see what happened and react to it organically." It's the same exact type of thing, man. So I look at. Yeah. It. The first thing I want to put on the screen. So as I've been saying for our YouTube video watchers, I'm starting to do more multimedia now. Starting to show you more images and more video. Our iTunes folks will miss out on that, but whatever. Uh, YouTube video people get that this first image that I'm going to put on the screen Sean I know that you see this on a tape delay so you're going to have to check out the tape delay because this first image is for you I have it right over here to my left alright it's for you I acquired something for my cat oh and I just got it yesterday so I haven't hooked it up yet uh, I did it for many reasons and I thought of you the whole time from the time I, from the time I heard about this thing to the time I ordered it, to the time it arrived, I thought of Sean Ross Sapp. 
I'm ready. Put it Show on the it. screen, Nigel. This is called the Litter Robot 3. Mm. This thing. This thing is some kind of a futuristic little space pod <laughs> called the Litter Robot 3. And the reason I got it for my cat is because, uh, long story, moving into a new house, the space I picked for his litter is smaller than the space he is now. And this thing, apparently, you don't have to scoop it every day. Uh, it's going to fit perfectly to what I need. It was not cheap, Sean. This thing is 500 Yeah, I'm, I'm aware. I 500 US dollars, man. 500 US dollars. Yeah, so we've looked into getting things like that, like the automatic litters and stuff like that. But the thing is... The ones that rake the stuff, they yeah. do it so soon that the cat shit hasn't dried, and it just makes a bigger mess. So this one, you can pick the time. Oh! You can either pick 7 minutes or 15 minutes, which should be enough time. And it doesn't rake it, Sean. The whole <laughs> bowl does a 360-degree turn, slow turn. <laughs> And then at the bottom of the bowl is a hole, so when the thing turns, the poop rolls into the hole. That's how it works, Sean. Yeah. The litter robot. Christmas bonus, please. And unlike the open ones that you rake, because this one is contained, if the cat kicks litter up, most of it's going to stay in the bowl, unlike the open ones. I did my research, man. Well, see, like I, I've looked into getting things like that, but the, the deal is, it costs so much that you know I don't need to do research on it. Like, agreed. And and I saw the price tag, and I thought that's a lot of money. And then I thought about the fact that I don't have to scoop it every day. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, you don't even have to do this thing weekly. Like, you can do it once a month if you want, as long as there's enough litter oh. in it. And I was like, boy, that's worth five hundred U.S. dollars. So I ordered it. <laughs> It's like like I didn't yeah. know what crown molding was before I did this show because I can't afford that either. As soon as I set this up, so I'm I'm, I'm going away uh, Friday morning. I'm back Monday night. As soon as I'm back, I'm going to set this thing up, and I'm going to take a little video, and we're going to put it on next week's podcast, Sean. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kyler, Kyler, our social media guy, goes, they said that this was a wrestling podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, all right, we'll, we'll shift back to wrestling. Uh, let's put up the next image that I have. This is uh, the shirt, Nigel. Okay, sure. So, Sean, who came up with this? It was you or me. One of us came up with this. What, okay. the, the shirt idea? Yeah, the shirt idea. That's my idea. Okay, okay. So we were talking about how they're making everybody point to the WrestleMania sign, and poor Kurt, uh, John Cena pins AJ Styles. Guy rolls over, still on the mat, looks up at the WrestleMania sign. And so we came out with a shirt. Uh, it's on the screen for our uh, video viewers. basically says, point at the fucking sign. And I'm not going to suggest where the image came from or what the image looks like. But yes. That's a new shirt that we have, uh, Pro Wrestling Tees, if anybody wants to check it out. We've already got a few orders, and we just put the thing up. So Yeah, I'm excited. I, I, I like the design. Our team did a great job. I like the gray, too. Yeah, it looks because, good. Because uh, I think we need the regular Fightful in gray up there, too. I think that looks looks pretty good. But uh, Also, shout-out to Adam Pearson for another donation on the Super Chat. Thumbs up. Because of the Litter Robot 3? Yeah, somebody said this has turned into a cat shit podcast. It's always been a cat oh, yeah. shit podcast. Oh, and it always will be. So you just yeah. gotta, you just got to deal with it. The uh, that's the way we go. The last image I want to put up. This is a flash from the uh, uh, blast from the past. Put up the the book image. Oh sure, yeah. So this is something uh, from a previous life. I wrote this in 2005. It's a book called Wrestling's Underbelly from Bingo Halls to Shopping Malls. Sold about 2,000 copies back then. That's when I had my old wrestling site, jimmyvan.com. Um, Sean and I are working on a project. We're going to tell you guys the details of it soon. 
that project is going to partly involve ebook versions of my old book. And uh, so I was, I was going through my archives, found the cover, thought we'd put it up on the thing for people to see. It has been years since I've taken a, a look at this thing. But uh, yeah, there you go, man. I just felt like sharing that. I do have a PDF copy. I'm very excited to, to get to check it out and get to read it. I'm actually yeah, going to have... tell you a story. So I'm going to tell you a story. Go ahead. Uh, I called Hacksaw Jim Duggan. So any so our, our iTunes listeners can't see the book cover. Hacksaw Jim Duggan is on the cover along with some other people. Um, I called Hacksaw Jim Duggan when the book was coming out and asked him, hey, are you cool with me including your image on the cover? It was an image that I had taken or that my people had yeah. taken. But I asked him, are you cool with me having that on the cover? Jim Duggan, because he's a sweetheart of a guy, he said, absolutely, no problem. You know, best of luck. He goes, who else is on the cover? I said, <laughs> and I said, I said at the time, because the cover was revised, I said at the time, oh, there's some indie, guy, indie guys from my promotion and uh, Jim Neidhart. Uh, Duggan goes, take Jim off. <laughs> and I, why? And I, and, and I said, I said, why? And he goes, and I, I, maybe I shouldn't be telling this story, but I don't care. Jim Duggan goes, if he gets a wind of it, he's going to want to cut. Oh, and I was like, oh, shit, I don't even know how many I'm going to sell. So we took Jim Neidhart off the original cover. And I still have a copy of the original cover. When I was looking through my archives, I found the original cover. We took Jim Neidhart off and put a couple more uh, local guys instead. Well, how about this? Uh, a member of our chat, Zach McDonald, also has a copy. He has a physical copy as well. So really? It's a good book. Yeah. Awesome. Every now and then, somebody will hit me up saying, I used to read your old site. Uh, and I think I told you, Sean, I had lunch with James Lynch, who's our MMA guy. Yeah. And the first thing James said was, are you the Jimmy Van from KnowYourNews.com? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm the same guy. He's like, I read your stuff every day, like 15 years ago. Isn't that cool? Wow. Yeah, it's very it's interesting. so awesome. Very interesting. Moving on, I want, to, uh, I want to talk about something. You know more about this than I do, but I thought it was an interesting topic. Something came up about supposed or, or, or alleged or whatever you want to call it, pro wrestling journalism. Yeah. Uh, and it came up because uh, Corey Graves was kind of mocking it a little bit. Sam Roberts, who I respect, I think he's a seems like a good dude, uh, and he does a podcast. He said on his show that he doesn't believe that wrestling journalism exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then to Sam Roberts' credit, I think it was last week he had David Bixenspan on the show. David has done stuff yeah. for us. He does stuff for Deadspin. Uh, Sam Roberts had David Bixenspan on his show to talk about wrestling journalism. I thought the whole thing was very interesting. I was curious for your take. Obviously, you're going to say, of course, wrestling journalism exists from your point of view, but I'm well, yeah. I'm curious I mean, for your thoughts on the whole thing. Yeah, I thought that David did great on the show. I thought Sam was great on the show. And one of the things I took exception with was how he brought up like how if he would appear on Talking Smack, somebody would say something snarky. And I, I messaged him, and I was like, hey, man, with all due respect, it's not, it has nothing to do with you or Rosenberg. It's the fact that you weren't Daniel Bryan. That was his show. That's why it got over. That's what people wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Anybody but Daniel Bryan and Renee Young were going to get that kind of reaction. As far as wrestling journalism, I mean, I don't, I don't agree with what he said that that it's not legitimate. So you can't report. Like I don't. I guess I don't understand that. There are entertainment journalists. There are yeah. all types of things like that. I chose to get into wrestling journalism. I could cover sports if I wanted. I have covered politics. The uh, Kim Davis deal where she she was the county clerk or whatever it was that was rejecting uh, marriage licenses to gays. That was 30 minutes from my house. I covered mm-hmm. that every day for, for like a month. I, that, it was my option to pick wrestling because I wanted to. I loved to do it. And I wanted to do it in a way that encapsulated everything. I wanted to do 
photos. I wanted to do videos. I wanted to do podcasting, long forms, aggregation, short stories, columns. I thought there was a lot of room for that, and uh, that's what I did, and I treat it like it is a job, like it is, because it is my job, and as journalism. So I think that his his original comments, even in the scope of his podcast, when converted into a bunch of 240 character tweets mm -hmm. from everybody around the world, I didn't think his original comments were that bad. Mm -hmm. Corey Graves's were a little bit different, and it's gotten to the point where he and Coach will make little references every week on Raw to the to the point where Coach will be like, oh, don't call me a journalist. And then two sentences later, he'll say something like, well, who would have known that Stephanie McMahon had two contracts? And I'm like, uh, well, Fightful.com did because we've done multiple stories about it. Everybody knows, man. Everybody knows. And, and, and it goes again against what we talked about, how they disrespect the, the knowledge of their audience because everybody knows. Yeah. Everybody knows she's an executive even though she has a bullshit position and she doesn't actually do anything. Everybody knows that she is an executive and she's an on-air talent. Everybody knows that Triple H is an executive. Everybody knows. It's, it, this, is, this is not rocket science. My opinion on the wrestling journalism thing is that there are different levels much like other genres. I feel like if you look at MMA, you've got Ariel Helwani, and then you've got you know others that are on a lower level. Pro wrestling, I look at the same way. And quite honestly, if you want my honest opinion, I think that aggregators and guys that lift news from somewhere else, rewrite the story, don't credit the source, those guys hurt the business because a lot of guys look at that as an example of wrestling journalism when it's not. Because there are still guys like you, like Dave Meltzer, who I have a lot of respect for, who do the job properly. Ryan Satin's another one. They do the job properly. They, they cite the source. Those are wrestling journalists, but you got so many aggregators. They don't know anybody in the wrestling business. They've never talked to anybody in the wrestling business. They subscribe to The Observer. They take a story. They rewrite it, and they post it as their exclusive. Those guys hurt the business. Well, I think the ones that hurt the business are the ones who take things that a David, Dave Meltzer says as an opinion and report that as fact. As fact That's right. a big problem. And sure, Meltzer has his own issues with separating his opinion from news reporting and i try to differentiate that in my fightful wrestling weekly but uh like if you go to yahoo right now you're gonna see aggregated news all over the place all right. over the place because uh, as i mentioned to you jimmy the thing is in order to make a free site function you almost have to be able to deliver everything because if you don't the reader will often go somewhere where they do have everything because a lot of people they don't care where news comes from they don't care if it's verified that's why I'll have our guys do those fight size updates. That way we don't miss anything throughout mm -hmm. the day. Right. Like I'm not going to dedicate a story to a Finn Balor video of him talking about something, but I'll put it in our fight size update at the beginning and end of the day. That way my readers don't waste time and be like, why did they dedicate a headline to this right. when it, it's not worth it? It's not worth it. Um, so I, like, like you said, there are different levels of it. There's some really good stuff. There's a lot of co-opted stuff. And, uh, you know, I had that – it keeps getting, like, retweeted and posted, and I retweeted it today, that that thing where oftentimes people who work for WWE think that we want to work for WWE. And I know I poked fun at it with the video last week, but I can't think of – I don't want to do that, and I don't know a lot of people I work with that want to either, and that's no disrespect for those who do. But Wait a second. Just, Are you saying that video wasn't real? <laughs> I'm, I'm working on a sequel too. I bet. I bet. I had I, I had an idea for one too. Uh, it might be what you're already working on, but we'll talk about it. Probably. Off Let me ask you this question. So we, you know, we are a crossover website, 
And it's been an interesting time over the last few years. you got guys like Tom Lawler, who are uh, MMA fighters now doing pro wrestling. Uh, Josh Barnett, MMA fighter doing pro wrestling. Bobby Lashley does both. Brock Lesnar does both. Fabricio Verdum. Yeah. What do you think of this one? So he's a former UFC heavyweight champion, and he told MMA Fighting today, March 7th, that he supposedly has a meeting with WWE tomorrow in San Diego, and he wants to do both, pro wrestling and MMA. What do you think, man? Well, that's interesting considering they were just in San Diego a week and a half ago, so they're not going to be tomorrow. But um, I, I didn't get a chance to reach out to WWE for this. I was on a conference call at that time, so I'm going to, and I'm going to see what I can find out. As I was telling you off the air, he's 40, and he's 6'4", 238. And in pro wrestling, it's pretty big. But if you put him next to John Cena, it's not that big. He like you put him next to the average top wrestler. May I mean he lo- he'll look a little big, but yeah, a heavyweight in the UFC is just two hundred and six pounds and up. That's yeah, but it. it. But imagine the promo work on that guy, man. That's a scary proposition to think about the promo. Oh work. yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe you can get seen to throw a fucking boomerang at him. You thought I was going the other way, didn't you? You thought I was going to say, "Oh, his promo is going to be great." Didn't you? He got Colby Cup. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But so, I mean, what he said to get that response, you can't say on WWE well, television. No, he threw a boomerang at Colby Covington. I, I got to get that straight. Uh, so maybe he comes out and he heaves a boomerang at Cena. Yeah. Got to run that gimmick. We'll see what I happens. Mean, I would be surprised to see him involved in WWE outside of maybe. Uh, Spanish or Portuguese language commentating. Yeah, the only thing I could think of is maybe part of an angle where he's like helping train Brock or something. I don't know. Or helping train Ronda or helping train Stephanie. or That's the only I, thing I, I can possibly think see, of. I want to see Stephanie McMahon training MMA segments. She's absolutely so going to do it. She's absolutely going to do it. They have to, and if I were them, I would do a callback. I would call it all the way back, and Stephanie like begrudgingly go to Shane and be like, listen... You got my dad ready for the Royal Rumble, <laughs> and he won it. And she's like, listen, can you put me in with Phil Nurse, your Muay Thai coach? And Shane's like, no, I got one better for you. And she's out chasing chickens, just like her dad. Do you remember when, I feel like we've talked about this before, when Vince was going to face Stone Cold, and they showed him backstage with Gerald Briscoe showing him how to block the stunner? <laughs> yeah. That was gold. And if they if and the thing is, I guess what it comes down to is, would Stephanie be willing to be the butt of the joke the way that Vince was? Would she be willing? Because she does, seems like she's a little bit different. And and something else I'll mention, and we'll get to it when we talk about Ronda Rousey in a minute. But a few people hit me up on social media saying, "Oh, you must have loved it when Ronda gave the Samoan drop to uh, Stephanie." My answer is, I hated it because that means Stephanie now is going to get her shine. Uh, either at or prior to WrestleMania, I would have rather that they waited and had Ronda chase her but not catch her until WrestleMania, and then beat her down then. Seeing her already get an offense now disappointed me because, again, it told me that Stephanie's going to get her shine back maybe as soon as Monday, next Monday. So Yeah, I, w- I was surprised that they had Rousey uh, touch her at all. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I, I didn't think they would do that. I thought that was the payoff. I really did. Yep, me, me too. I was very surprised they did that. And uh, one forearm to the back, and Ronda dropped, even though she got right back up. I just thought, yeah. oh, that's Stephanie throwing that form. That's not Nia Jax throwing the form. I know. I was I was very bummed about that. No. Very bummed. Uh, I'm going to address the Coachman thing very briefly just because it is news and WWE released a statement, and so I feel like that we should. But you know my opinion on the Me Too movements. 
Uh, you know my opinion on people being accused of guilt before an investigation is even done. I even posted a, tw- a story on Twitter this week about how a woman accused a cop of uh, sexual assault. They got the dash cam footage, proved that she was lying, and it was a complete fallacy. That's what happens, and that's why when I hear about these accusations, I don't like to talk about it until the investigation is done because there are guys that are being wrongfully accused. But WWE released a statement, so I felt like we should talk about it. So Coachman is uh, one of many names of former or current ESPN employees that are in a sexual harassment lawsuit that's been filed against ESPN by an ex-employee. Coachman is denying any wrongdoing, and he posted it on social media on Twitter. He said that the allegations uh, are, quote, lies and flat-out fabrications. WWE released a statement saying, we take these matters very seriously and are investigating. Now, if an investigation is done and proves he did something wrong, he deserves the repercussions. Right, whether it means fired yeah. fired by WWE, whatever. But until an investigation is done, this isn't even news to me, and uh, and that's my take on it. But again, because WWE released a statement, I figured we should at least touch upon it. Yeah, uh, and it's tough to say because you you never know what's legit and who's just like you got to wonder at some point like what can you say, what can't you say, and even it, over the past couple of years, just the the line of what may be considered okay or what some people yeah they're, they're just a lot there's a lot of fogginess you know what sean told me nigel you know what sean told me what he told me that if uh these allegations were coming up like 10 years ago he would have long been in prison so I sean did told not me. say that so he said so he said <laughs> well first off, and rightfully so is what he said and rightfully so <laughs> first off that's not a criminal fucking charge jimmy that, that Coachman is facing. I, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you told me that if allegations came up 10 years ago like well, they do now, maybe not you'd be in prison. This. Maybe not. <laughs> not <this shit. laughs> I did not say that in any way. And rightfully oh, so, quote unquote. And rightfully so. Prison. So, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> federal. <laughs> federal, Nigel. Federal. So last week on the show, we were talking uh, about. That Canada thing. What's that? When the fuck am I moving to Canada then? I mean, I got to get the hell out of here, right? Oh, uh, they'll catch you at the border, Sean. You'll go home quick. <laughs> Last week we were All talking right. about Brock Lesnar and about how WWE was rehashing the part-timer who doesn't care story again with Roman Reigns. The same thing they did when they wrestled at WrestleMania the first time three years ago. They're rehashing it and bringing it back again. I mentioned how I was a little bit disappointed that the fans on Raw last week actually were with Roman at the end of the, of the segment because I thought we've seen this now three or four times. I can't believe they're, they're buying this shit. It looks like WWE is all in with this whole idea of Brock's a part-timer who doesn't care to the point that at a live event in Chicago last weekend, he wrestled Kane and he went over in 35 seconds. Footage of the match is on YouTube. And as soon as he pinned Kane, he immediately rolled out of the ring and him and Paul Heyman went to the back and the crowd booed and a lot of people were looking at refunds. Here's my question for you, Sean. We saw Raw this week. Uh, Roman got booed again when he came out. To, to address Paul Heyman, I told you that my opinion is that a lot of those fans now aren't booing him because they necessarily hate him or think he's the chosen one. They boo him because they think that's what you do when Roman Reigns comes out. And I think a lot of, I, I honestly think that's what a lot of the fans think. But here's my question. Do you think that WWE is risking not shifting the fans in Roman's favor as they're hoping? Do you think that they are risking pissing off their fan base by making decisions like having Brock win in 35 seconds on a house show? 
Because I, my opinion, if you're a fan in, in attendance in Chicago, what are the odds that you're going to buy a ticket to the next live event in Chicago? Yeah, that's also true. Well, I mean, that's what you have to – when you always have to question Brock Lesnar's motivation for anything. like He did as he was told, man. Of course, sure. But I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, at this point, what are you expecting out of Brock Lesnar mm-hmm. when you go to an event? Like, I don't think that – if I would have bought a ticket, I would have expected some 10-minute match or even a four- or five-minute match. Oh, you get a four- or five-minute match, I think. You'd I mean, I that. wouldn't expect it. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't, like, assume that it was going to happen. I would think maybe this could happen, but I wouldn't assume it. I wouldn't also expect a 35-second uh, match, but given that it's Brock Lesnar, yeah. it, you know, they've tried to make his run be that of unpredictability, for better or for worse. And that I can appreciate. It's just a matter of his motivation as it relates to that unpredictability and if it pays off for WWE. I think right now their mentality is twofold. I think, number one, uh, they're trying to get the crowd with Roman Reigns. Number two, I think they're trying to take the heat off of Brock because they know he's leaving. Because I I think that he is probably going to leave after his contract's up and try to take another run at a UFC fight. So I think WWE's thinking... We might as well shit on him while we can and try yeah. to get and try to get the people with Roman. But again, I think the problem is that they're gonna they're gonna piss off their fan base because when you advertise Brock for for a Raw in Anaheim and then you decide I don't want him to show up, that wasn't Brock's decision. That was Vincent Mann's decision, telling him to stay home. Then yeah. you advertise him for a live event in Chicago and you tell him, you know what, we want to uh, get the fans with Roman Reigns, so you're gonna win in 35 seconds. They're pissing off their fan base as opposed to getting the fans shifting into Roman's favor, in my opinion. That's what I think is happening. I would agree. I would agree. Hey, I've got (laughs) – I just got an interesting message from one of our – well, he he still works for us a little bit. Darren Doyle did some boxing for us, and I have a great idea. He says, hey, man, so Evander Holyfield's promotional company is holding a tournament in Louisville in April. I talked to Carlos about covering it. They have a place to apply for press credentials. Would you be okay with me attempting that? Not only, Darren, am I okay with you attempting that, I want you to deliver his <laughs> Affy Award. I'm not giving this up. I'm keeping this what thing. I'm not giving this up. There's what no chance. The because this is a good story every time, Sean. <laughs> right? I'm not giving this up. You don't think Evander Holyfield wants his butt plugged back? I think, I. you know what? It would not surprise me if Evander doesn't even rem- remember it. Honestly, wouldn't surprise me. We should send a photo with uh, with Darren Doyle to that event. You should show Evander a photo from that video clip of him looking at it puzzled when they gave it to him. <laughs> that was the greatest. That's what, on Instagram. Yeah, that's what you should show him because that was pretty awesome. Uh, I want to say one more thing about this whole Brock thing. Um, I loved Brock, uh, Paul Heyman's promo this week on Raw. I felt yeah. that he was becoming stale. He was saying the same thing over and over again. They clearly put him on at the 11 p.m. hour for a reason. Because they know their their, their uh, ratings are lower at the 11 p.m. hour. He used some coarse language. He laced his promo with some coarse language. He uh, laced it with some shoot references, like he mentioned Afa and Sika in reference to Roman Reigns. And he alluded to Brock Lesnar going for the UFC Heavyweight Championship again. Thought it was a very interesting uh, promo, the way that he worded it. Really, really enjoyed it. And so now they're finally going to do Brock and Roman face-to-face on Raw next week. Do you think the fans are going to boo Brock Lesnar when he goes out to go face-to-face with Roman Reigns on Raw next week. Where's it at? Do you know? No, I can look it up. I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll look it up very quickly. It's They're going to boo Roman Reigns no matter what. Like People yep. people are smart. Like That's the thing. They think that they're... But again, 
with all due respect to live event fans, because a lot of them are smart, some of them are Pavlov's dogs. That's cool. I mean, yeah, sure. And they, they hear the music, they boo. That's what they do. Yeah, that that does happen. Yeah. It does happen. But um, uh, I, I don't think he'll get booed. I mean, I think both will get in different reactions. Mm. I guess we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Moving on, so they made it official for WrestleMania. Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey against Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. I got to say, we talked about how I wasn't crazy about Stephanie dropping Ronda with one shot. I wasn't crazy about Ronda already getting an offense on Stephanie because I think they should save it for Mania. But I loved the interaction with Kurt and Hunter. I loved it. Loved it. And those guys can still go. And those guys, you know they're motivated to put in a good performance at WrestleMania because they're both you know, hitting 50. I think Kurt might already be 50, isn't he? Um, I think he's like 48, but I'll look. Okay. And I think Hunter's 48 or 49. So I think they're motivated and I think, uh, 49. Okay. I think they're motivated. And I think that's going to be a hell of a matchup. So I'm looking forward to that one. It's going to be good. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait. I love Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle looked so ready. Didn't he? He, he was great. He was, he has stepped up his game over the past several weeks because he knows, he knows like just, just six months ago. He yep. was not a, a wrestling guy for yep. them. They didn't think about it, and yep. he did everything that he was supposed to do. And uh, is that your phone him. that just vibrated there, Sean? Yeah, it was. It was the uh, response from from uh, the deliverer of the Affy Award. There you go. I We're still uh, I still think back to was it Survivor Series when yeah. Kurt came out with the shield. And there was uh, there was Dean Ambrose looking all serious, and Seth Rollins looking all serious, and there's Kurt Angle with a shit eating grin because he was stoked to be out there. So uh, yeah, I, I think he'll be ready to go. One thing I want to ask you about: so Dave Meltzer reported that they're keeping Braun Strowman as a buffer right now, uh, and not tagging him with a WrestleMania match just yet, in case something happens with Roman Reigns with this whole Richard Rodriguez thing. So apparently they're keeping Braun as a buffer in case something were to happen between now and WrestleMania. Here's my question, because you have said this two or three different times. Do you think Braun Strowman is going to end up in the Battle Royal and eliminating everybody, just like you've been predicting? I liked an idea that I can't remember if it was Alex or Jeff had this week as well. (laughs) If uh, the bar needs somebody to face, it'd be Braun Strowman. And like, oh, but you have to have a tag team partner to compete for the tag team titles. And he forces... Elias, who he has beaten the shit out of every single week, to be that guy, and Elias is just like, God, God damn it, I guess. <laughs> that would be very, very entertaining as well. There are no shortage of entertaining things they can do with a Braun Strowman. So, yeah. Uh, I Well, okay, I just want to say, first off, I don't cover the John Bravo horse shit anymore. Like, yeah. maybe he's got something, yeah. but the man has cried wolf one too many times, and... I, I don't know how many more Instagram stories he expects people to report on saying yeah. that he's got it, got it, got it. And the nothing. news was supposed to come out like a month or two ago. Right. So right. when when you got something, Playboy, hit me up. I think WWE is just taking precaution, I think, just just, sure. just being sure. And they could always put Braun in a match and then still pull him out. Like, it'd be easy to do that, right? So I guess we'll see what happens with that. Um, speaking of Elias... How interesting was it that the guy that we have talked about in the past looks like Randy Macho Man Savage, has the same with Braun Strowman on Raw, gets Braun down, and they get him with a guitar or something, gets Braun down, goes to the top rope, drops an elbow from the he top knew rope. He what he was doing. That he's, he's was so that on purpose. That was so on purpose. Yeah. And, he's done that before. Okay, well, it's the first time that I had noticed it, that he did it, that he did a top rope elbow. The only did thing that, I did it in NXT a lot. Okay, okay. Well, the only thing that I, I, I noticed was, with all due respect to Elias... 
that was not exactly Randy Savage dropping that elbow. Yeah, but who is? There's maybe a couple. Uh, Kyrie Sane throws a good one. Shawn Michaels throws a good one. And then there's Randy Savage. Savage was the best of them all. Yeah. the best of them all. But uh, one side note about Elias was how great was he, man, on Raw? How great was he? He's playing, great every week. He's playing one of those the piano, guys. playing the drums, oh playing that's, the that's guitar. That's how he started was on piano. He is talented, man. That guy is talented. And again, I really hope that they don't job him out in an effort to get Braun over when Braun is already over yeah. and doesn't need to, to destroy Elias in order to get to the next level. Elias needs the rub, not Braun. So, yeah, uh, I, I agree. Yeah. Also talented is a guy I spoke to this week, Punishment Martinez. He is in a big match this Friday at Ring of Honor's 16th anniversary against Bullet Club's Marty Skrull. I t- talked to him. Take a listen. I have a live podcast after the show this Friday. You've had some big steps over the past year or so since joining Ring of Honor. Now, you're far from new to the wrestling game, but has uh, being with Ring of Honor, has that helped you help raise your profile? Have you noticed that in any certain way? Oh, absolutely. In every way, shape, or form. I mean, I've, I've become a better performer as well, you know. Um, I, I People that don't know me and don't know my background, you know, to them, I'm a new pro wrestler. You know, I just started, but which is not the case. But in the short time that I've been in Ring of Honor, I feel like I've improved and learned so much because it's a different style, you know, being on television and, you know, a different fan base. And you, you're working with basically the best wrestlers in the world because between here new japan cmll the uk you know and all the partnerships that ring of honor has we have so much talent that we work with that i mean you have no choice but to get better or else get out so it's really really um changed my whole uh my whole style basically and the way i work and the way you perceive me and see me and so i yeah i definitely see a big change and not only that but of course my name value, you know, I, I am, I like to think that I'm somebody who's a name in professional wrestling that people know, or at least heard, have heard of, which is kind of cool. Now, I know you weren't on the, the latest Honor Rising shows, but you've been a part of a few uh, joint New Japan Ring of Honor shows. Do you ever change your style up for that? Uh, or does that, does that uh, change anything at all? I, I think I adapt to each individual style. So depending who I'm working with, you know, uh, who I'm in the ring with, I, I have to adapt to, you know, different styles. And that's why I'm very proud as a big man in, in pro wrestling that I'm able to do a little bit of everything. I'm not just a brawler. You know, I can mat wrestle. I can submission wrestle. I can fly if I have to. So I like that I'm able to do a little bit of everything. And I purposely worked on those things to be able to perform on a level with all these great stars from all over. Um, so I don't, I don't necessarily change my style. I adapt to their style, put it that way. All right, we're back. Ring of Honor 16th anniversary on Friday. I have a live post show right afterwards. We have uh, live coverage and discussion. Come and hang out with us. It's going to be a very, very fun show. And then, of course, Sunday, WWE Fastlane. Lots of cool stuff this weekend. No UFC. It's very bare this month with UFC, Jimmy. Uh, they have one show the rest of the month until the WrestleMania weekend show. And it's like an after, essentially an afternoon show because it's in London. So not a lot of MMA this month. No Bellator either. Well, that's good since I'll be uh, at the in-laws this weekend. So uh, I won't have an opportunity to watch any MMA anyway. What about so, wrestling? How are you going to catch up on that? Uh, uh, basically, Friday till Monday, I shall be unplugged, Sean. 
Damn. Yeah, no choice. What did I do to deserve this? <laughs> oh, you'll hear from me if something happens. <laughs> I want to ask you this question. So th this this came up, and I'm probably the only person that finds this of interest for certain reasons. So uh, it came out this week that Ronda Rousey is going to be on every episode of Raw through WrestleMania, which makes sense. Uh, something that came out that I think is going to be interesting, on March 13th, Ronda's going to be appearing on the Ellen DeGeneres show. The reason that I find that interesting is that if I think of two massive mainstream female talk show hosts that probably hate pro wrestling with a passion, one of them is probably Ellen DeGeneres and the other one is probably Oprah Winfrey. And so I'm very curious how Ellen is going to treat Rhonda's career decision here and, and, how, and how she's going to handle it and if she's going to poke fun or if she's going to be respectful. And I'm kind of curious how much leeway Rhonda gets in talking about pro wrestling and promoting WrestleMania because I guarantee you this is the first time anybody involved with pro wrestling, at least to my knowledge, has been a guest on the, Oprah Win or on the uh, Ellen DeGeneres show. So I'm looking forward to that one. I think that's going to be interesting. She's got a massive audience too. To be honest with you, I had no idea that Ellen or Oprah had anything against pro wrestling. Uh, I'm not saying they do. I'm saying they don't exactly come off as fan, Sean. Other one of them. I know that in the past, Oprah referred to boxing as barbaric. Yeah. And if boxing's barbaric, and you know how a lot of people look at pro wrestling, I, I don't think she'll be at the front row in MSG, you know what I'm saying? Well, I, I know John Cena's been on Ellen. <laughs> I know John Cena's been on Ellen before, because I got the press release. Oh, has he really? John Cena's yeah. been on Ellen, really? Yeah, a couple of years ago, just right before we launched. Oh, he was really? up there. I, I would say... It was around Mania season, I think. I think it was Promote Mania. Real well, then I stand corrected if that's the case. I had no yeah, idea. I, I think I'm pretty sure, or no, maybe it was American Grit, but I, I remember it was around. It was in 2016. Yeah. Okay. Well, I stand corrected then. I figured there'd be no chance that anybody related to pro wrestling would be on those shows. Um, okay, let's talk about SmackDown. So uh, do we have to? Well, so there was one. <laughs> there was one positive and one negative in my opinion, about this Just show. Just one. One. <laughs> well, okay. Okay, okay. There was one new negative. One okay, new there. negative. The existing previous negatives were still there. There was one new negative uh, and one positive about this week's show. And you called out the negative on social media. The negative was, so in five days, after SmackDown, they're having their Fastlane pay-per-view. In five days. The main event of that Fastlane pay-per-view is a six-pack challenge with six different wrestlers. So they decided five days before that, let's pull John Cena out because he's got other shit to do. Let's take the other five guys and let's do a fatal five-way match on free television on Tuesday night. Essentially the same match, same talent, same everything. Five days before we do... Yeah. John Cena's got important shit to do, like facing gold dust the night before. <laughs> I actually really like that. I like that. I thought that was weird. Okay, they did it because of the Oscar tie-in, obviously. No shit. But yeah, the, reason, the reason I liked it is because they've both been there forever. Yeah. I didn't remember. My wife was watching with me. My wife goes, uh, have they ever wrestled before? And I looked at her and I said, I honestly have no idea. No, it, never the, singles. The commentary said that. They said that. Well, the commentary says a lot of well, things. Well, fine. Too. Fair, fair. But, but I, I actually enjoyed that because just knowing the backstage, knowing that Goldust is a veteran, he's well-respected, he's been there for years and years, Cena's been there for years and years. It wouldn't surprise me if Cena told Vince, I wouldn't mind having a shot with him, you know? I liked it for Goldust. I didn't Gold like Dust. Match or like the, the, the promos. I thought both of those sucked really, really badly. Oh, I'm not talking about the performance. I just mean the concept <laughs> of the match. Well, the concept, sure, whatever. I, I like that for Goldust. I don't like it for me As a fan. watching. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, uh, like, this this thing, I mentioned this on the SmackDown show last night. When Habib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson fight on pay-per-view uh, WrestleMania weekend, I'm going to be excited for it because it's never happened before. Mm-hmm. They've tried to make it happen several times, but it's never happened. When Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz eventually fight again, I'll be excited for that because I know the fight's going to kick ass because I've seen two kick-ass fights before. However... Every single WWE pay-per-view match has had several iterations of it happen over and over and over and over again. Sometimes not great. Yeah. So, like, what's what's to motivate me to watch this? Now, I knew the match last night was going to be awesome, and I know the one this Sunday is going to be awesome because WWE matches of that 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 style are just always usually pretty good. I, they're always good. I, I can't remember the last bad one on the men's side, but. But why would you book the exact same match? I don't know. With Cena because he probably wasn't at the building. I now, wouldn't. Why? It just doesn't make any sense. Why would you do I, that? I just wouldn't. I now, just would. At least on the positive side, if you're trying to find a positive out of SmackDown, who do we always say are two of our favorites on the SmackDown brand? Two of our favorites, Fa- yeah. like favorite performers. Now, favorite performers. Okay. Do you mean sarcastically? No, or? legitimately. Legitimately. <laughs> Uh, probably my two favorite performers in there, AJ Styles and God. You, you put me on the spot here. Okay, let me let me just jump in because you're killing it. Let me just jump in here. <laughs> yeah, I am. So two of my favorites, and I've I've put them both over many times on this podcast, Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev. Of course. And I put them both over, and I love them both, and I love that Rusev is getting a chance to be the real guy because I think the real guy is awesome. They're going to have a match at Fastlane. And even though Nakamura's clearly going to win because he's the guy going to WrestleMania, I love the fact that two guys that I really enjoy and, and find entertaining are going to have a match. And I also love the fact that the match is based on the fact that Shinsuke supposedly injured Aiden English's throat so that he can't sing the Rusev Day song. I thought that was pretty good. That was that was good. So uh, I, I wish they wouldn't force the, the Rusev Day being a heel fact because if you got a couple guys over that people want to cheer for, let, let people go with it. I am not excited for Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton and Bobby Roode to do this thing they're doing. Oh, you mean about the top ten list that was one and done because it's stupid and everybody thought so? That has confused us so much on the SmackDown show because we were under the impression. It was supposed to be every week. Yeah. I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't know if that's like a great thing or not. So I I remember when Daniel Bryan made the announcement, hey, we're going to be doing a top ten list. I've only seen that announcement once, and I haven't gone back and watched it. Did he say it was going to be every week? Remember? I, I, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I'm going to go back and look. Though. Okay, okay. Because I couldn't remember if he said it was going to be every week. They've literally done it one time, probably realized this is stupid, and somebody should just like tell Road Dog go, go, go sit in a closet somewhere. It was dumb, and they probably figured it was dumb, and yet they're keeping it alive because it's the catalyst for the storyline. It's the whole thing's terrible. Yeah. Darryl, but it's, it's stupid. It was always a stupid idea. It was a stupid idea. It was. Now, speaking of, uh, of, a, of an idea that you thought was stupid, the Mixed Match Challenge. I thought that was a good idea from the jump. <laughs> yeah, we all know that you hate the concept. We know you shit all over it. We know you said it's a dumbass idea. You even called it mix, Mixed Match Madness, which is pretty awesome. So, <laughs> I really enjoyed this week's match. I really enjoyed it. It was Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss against Jimmy Uso and Naomi. Uh, I enjoyed it because number one, it made Braun look strong again. He did a running power. Yeah, slam. yeah. When when he fell to the ground, when Alexa. Well, 
if, if it you would, made him look real strong, yeah. If you would let me, uh, hey, with that if, Fez press. If you were single and 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 a pretty little blonde was going to run at you, you would bump too, Sean. That's all you got to say, man. You would bump too. My wife watches this show sometimes, so <laughs> no, it would. Do you think Braun bumped because the force of the blow knocked him down, Sean? I think the force of. Buddy Murphy whipping that ass is about to happen. <laughs> I was going to say, the only thing I didn't like about the match was that they continued to tease the romance between yeah. Braun and Alexa. And that is, if they're thinking they're going to go in that direction with Braun's character, it's a completely terrible decision. That is not where Braun's character should be going. Braun's character needs to remain the stone cold you know, type character. But yeah. that being said, though, I loved uh, how he threw Jimmy around like, like nothing. I loved how he did the running power slam through the table. And at the very beginning of the match, when they were all standing in the ring looking at each other, right? There you got Braun Strowman, and there you got Jimmy Uso wearing, uh, wearing a tank top and, uh, and, uh, and overalls, where the hell he was wearing, and footlocker shoes. Did he not look like a fan looking for an autograph? Standing in the ring looking at Braun Strowman? That, I love that whole, you know, you're, you're not in my league, you shouldn't be in my league, and I'm going to beat the shit out of you because you shouldn't be in my league. I just liked it, man, because you know I'm not a crazy big fan of the Usos, so. I love the Usos. I know you do, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> What's with you today, Jimmy? Do you love... Some some of your insider trading go wrong? Like, uh, Is that all you got, man? Is that all you got? It's a pretty good one. You got a pretty good. You got to find some new stuff. You got to find some new Jimmy, stuff. Jimmy, Jimmy, you hit me with the the sensitivity for like three months straight. Well, because it was valid and just. No, <laughs> it, it, maybe your insider trading is valid and just. Oh, you need something new. Let Sounds me ask like, you this: uh, in an alternate reality, so. you'd both be in prison. Let me ask you this question. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> This this question, boy, live from cell block C. This this question is not just for Sean; it's for Nigel too. You've seen the footage of North Korea, where they've got uh, um, you know dictatorship statues of all of all of the, the past and present dictators, and they've got murals and all that, right? We've seen footage from Iraq when they were taking down Saddam Hussein, and they had statues of Saddam, and they had big murals all over the place, right? I'm curious, in your part of uh, the U.S., Sean, do they have statues and murals and stuff similar to that, but of Hillbilly Jim? Yeah, in the form of an LJN figure. So, okay, so if you go through, because I know Mudlick, Kentucky, you said there's one close to you. So if you go through, I forget where you're from, somewhere in Kentucky, Evansville, whatever the hell it's called, Ewing, Ewing, Kentucky. If you go through Ewing, Kentucky, you don't pass a Hillbilly Jim statue on the way to your house? Well, it depends because my neighbor might as well be Hillbilly Jim. Looks just like him. Okay. And then the person who lives next to them okay. might okay. as well be Hillbilly Jim. Looks just like him. What I'm wondering is, after the announcement this week that Hillbilly Jim is going in the Hall of Fame, was that massive news in your part of the country? And, like, are they going to put up a, a sign, you are now entering the home state of, of WWE Hall of Famer Hillbilly Jim. Are they going to put that sign in your area when you're driving to go to your house? You're proud of yourself, aren't you? <laughs> you did good. You so, did good. So to our listeners, I got to explain to our listeners, Sean has, Sean has told me over the last year and a half, like a thousand times, that there is a real mud lick close to where he, he lives. Do you know we're near 1,000 Oh, yeah, times. you have. A thousand times. And, and 
No, no, that was nuts. And when word broke this week that Hillbilly Jim's going in the Hall of Fame, he made a point again. We have a little Skype group with some of the people that work on Fightful. He made a point again of, of mentioning, by the way, there's a real mud lick. It's like, you know, you know, close to where I live kind of thing. So Stop. I think, you see, Nigel, what I'm talking about? <laughs> see what I'm talking about? I think that you were elated that your idol is going well, in the Hall Jimmy, of Fame, Jimmy, man. Jimmy, Jimmy, listen, here's the important thing. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. There's a mud lake near me, if, if you didn't know. Really? No shit. It's interesting. <laughs> did, did Manuela know? Manuela? Manuela. Okay, there's a joke in here somewhere, Nigel. I feel there like I'm is being a joke baited. In here I'm being baited, Nigel. I'm being ma- baited. Yeah, well, one day maybe you'll figure it out. Maybe, maybe. So, are what you? What else you got? What no, else you got? I'm just curious. Like, are you elated he's going in the Hall of Fame? And what do you think about him going in the Hall of Fame? I talked about it in the last two. Why are you yelling? <laughs> do you watch your shows, Jimmy? Um, you want the honest truth? Oh man. Ringing endorsement for the Fightful podcast. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, mean, I don't always fine, have time, man. I don't always have time. He's a fine addition. Like, you think so? In ring, no. Yeah. But his Coliseum home video work. Uh, he did work as a broadcaster. He hosted their access tour. He managed the Godwins to a tag titles. You could make the case if you're like putting together some sort of list of criteria that that he did, yeah. like from a contributor aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Do you think they'll mention the Coliseum video work? They should. Yeah. They should because that was a very important part of their business. That's how I really got to to watch a lot of WWE stuff back in the day was Coliseum Home Video. And Legends House, they talked about it, I think. That's true. So maybe they will. I mean, I I look at it the same way as I did before. If if Coco Beware and Drew Carey can be in, then Hillbilly Jim can be in too. Yeah, why not? Yeah, that's how I look at it. That's good. Uh, I really do hope that they acknowledge his behind-the-scenes work too. I want to uh, move on and uh, show something. So first, uh, Nigel, put up that tweet from Andrew Rich. Sure. 
So this is uh, this was on Twitter again. Our video viewers can see this. Our audio uh, listeners cannot. Uh, Andrew Rich uh, posted on Twitter, this clip from SmackDown lasts 34 seconds. I counted 32 camera cuts. I hate you, Kevin Dunn. That's quote-unquote. And uh, here is the clip. It's uh, an animated GIF. Here's the clip for our video viewers, and we've added appropriate audio for effect. So, uh, what do you think, Sean? Nauseating. Like, now, let me ask Nigel. So, Nigel is not a pro wrestling fan, but you are a big arts guy. Um, as just a lover of the arts and, and film and stuff like that, when you see a clip like that, what do you think about pro wrestling when you see a clip like that? Um, I don't know what it makes me think about pro wrestling, but it, ma- it makes me feel motion sick watching the camera Motion work. sickness, right, right. Why, how, I don't even know where to go with the sentence. How do they think that's a good idea? Uh, shooting it like a found footage horror film? It, so, it feels like the cameraman was having a seizure. Like Jimmy, I, my wife and I caught the, the John Cena movie 12 Rounds on HBO a couple weeks ago it was on. Okay. And it was very clear. I was like, that's where he thought this was a good idea. That was like that too, really? I've he never seen saw it. this. He's like, he, Kevin Dunn has seen this in some movie somewhere or maybe even a WWE film where he got some production crew that thought, oh, this is a good idea. This is right. a good idea. Right. And he decided to go with this. Right. And I just – I don't understand. And there's – you know, I'd like to say, oh, well, when Triple H takes over, maybe it'll be better. I don't know. Apparently, Triple H is in control of 205 Live, and last night they ran a Drake Maverick interview that had an outtake in it where he looks at Buddy Murphy and says, Buddy, you're here for the – oh, never mind. I messed up. Three, two, one. And they left that in there. They left it on the show. Why did he do did the that? What was the – what? On why? 205 Live. They, they left it in. They didn't even edit it. No, but they must have left it in for a reason. No! What? There was no reason. They didn't do no it as part of some kind of a story or something? Nope. Nope. What? It was literally him him calling cut on a scene and then resetting the scene. Okay, was it done live? No. It wasn't done live. It was one of those WWE.com exclusive clips that they integrate into the show. It I, was so weird, dude. I have so no weird. answer. Because you, you've seen the but one you know from... What? Yeah. I'll take that over... What's up? <laughs> what the fuck up? <laughs> All day. You've seen the one with Sid Vicious, Psycho Sid, when he thought yep. they, he didn't know they were live, and he told uh, the interviewer, "Oh, I'm sorry." And the interviewer's like, uh, "I think it was Jim Ross." Jim Ross is like, "We're live, pal." You know? Yeah. It's one thing yeah. if you're live. That was on a pre-tape that he did that. Yep. I don't understand, man. I don't understand. Anyway, let's go to stupid people. This is a stupid song, it just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. 
Okay, once a month, I'd like to explain to any new listeners why we do this segment. Uh, it used to be called WWE's Excessive Usage of Stupid Nicknames, you know, because they go overboard with the Big Dog and the Boss and the Kingslayer. Uh, we stopped doing it because it became redundant because they'll never stop. And so we transitioned it to a Stupid People news segment instead. And thanks to TrevorStrong.org for the usage of that uh, song. Um, I might change the graphic and put the Road Dog on it. Do you think I should do that or Kevin Dunn or both? <laughs> Man. What do you think? I might have to. Although Vince is still you the know, ultimate I, really, I don't want to get blocked by Road Dog on Twitter. I really like to see what he's praying about. I see day. he... I, I, I'm sure he's a good dude. I'm sure he's a good dude, but he's out of his element with what he's doing. So this first one was reported by ABC 13 out of Houston, Texas on March 4th. Sean, you ever heard the saying, guns don't kill people, people kill people? Yeah. <laughs> You've heard that saying? Yeah, so, it, it reminded me of a of a really good SNL sketch sketch this weekend. Okay, I, have, I haven't seen SNL all season. Well, like Charles to... Barkley uh, did a pest control commercial. Okay, he said you don't need pesticides. The only thing that can kill a bad roach is a good roach with a gun. <laughs> and he has trained a tiny roach to carry AR-15s <laughs> and kill the other roaches. <laughs> awesome. I'll have to look it up. So uh, a man was at a party in Houston, and he decided to put on a bulletproof vest and have another man uh, fire a shot at him. What do you think happened? Why don't you you tell me? Shot and killed. Oh. (laughs) Shot. Surprise ending. Authorities are... uh, It seemed too obvious. Yeah, it did. I thought I was going to be the idiot. Authorities are trying to locate the shooter, and they're waiting for forensics to determine if the bullet went through the vest or if it missed the panel, like the bulletproof panel that's in the vest. Yeah. They're trying to see uh, what happened. But, yeah, I decided to put it on. He said another guy, go ahead, and boom, done. So uh, keep up the good work, whoever that might be related to. It's not him. <laughs> Somebody, whoever, whoever's related. This next one was reported by the Baltimore Sun on March 1st. Put up the photo, Nigel. Sure. And again, Sean can only see this on uh, Dawn Delay. So some people speculate that this is fake news because I saw some of the social media comments. But because it was reported by the Baltimore Sun and because they got comments from the Baltimore County Police, I consider that as legit as you're going to get. And that's that's why I included this. So according to the Baltimore County Police, a man was driving a car and he decided to put on some uh, body spray, some aerosol body spray. Was it Axe? They didn't say. It might have been, but they didn't say the brand. Uh, they probably don't want a lawsuit, so they didn't say the brand. But he sprayed on some uh, aerosol body spray, and he lit a cigarette. Um, here's a direct quote from the Baltimore County Police. It caused a, quote, sudden and violent expansion of the air molecules in that vehicle, which basically caused an explosion, blew the doors open, it pushed the roof in, and it shattered the windshield. And to make this a little bit more interesting... A spokeswoman for the police claimed that the driver was unharmed. Then uh, other media in Baltimore decided to follow up on the story. Turns out he was taken to a burn unit with serious injuries. Now, how old was he? That I don't know. They didn't say. Well, if he's older than 16, he probably shouldn't be using body spray. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. Well, maybe he thought if he does, he'll get the women that the guy in the commercial does. Do they even really get the women in the commercial? Like, I don't even think Axe is ballsy enough to say, listen, if you use our body spray, you're going to get women. They're probably just like, people won't think that you smell horrible. I mean, in the, commercial, the in the commercial, they end up with a woman, don't they, Nigel? Yeah, there's tons of women in Axe Yeah, they end up with a woman, yeah, because the women want the Axe, Sean. 
That's true. Wasn't there like a really horrific one that had like chocolate axe or some yes. shit? Yeah, chocolate. Yeah. I think they were like yeah. licking them or something. Yeah, yeah something like that's that. yeah, yeah. It was brilliant. Yeah. This uh, this last one. This is for the Sean Ross sap file. Oh, I'm ready. Reported by the BBC on February 23rd, a 24 year old man out of the UK named Lamar Chambers. Uh, it was believed that he swallowed drugs during a police chase back on January 17th. He was arrested and they put him in a cell waiting for him to have a bowel movement so they could confiscate the drugs for evidence. He decided to hold it in. They uh, offered him laxatives. He refused. And as of the date of the story, he hadn't taken a dump in 37 days. Wow. There were some doctors that uh, were interviewed by the BBC for the story on February 23rd. They said that if he continues to refuse to go, or I guess after a certain point, you no longer can go because you're so backed up. So they said that if he doesn't go soon, he could get seriously ill, he could die, or he might never be able to control his bowel movements ever again. What do you think? Okay, so what What were they, what kind of evidence were they looking for? Does it specify again? Drugs. He, he swallowed drugs. How much fucking drugs do you have to have on you to not take a dump for 37 days because let me tell you there ain't a lot that would keep me from going for three now i don't know how this scene hit my brain but that's how my brain works have you seen that seth rogan movie uh make a porno what was it called yeah zach and mary make a porno do you remember katie katie morgan shits all over jay from jay and silent bob yeah i was just gonna say she had told them in the movie, the storyline was, she told them in the movie, there's a certain thing that if I do, it makes me go. Yeah. Not going to suggest what that thing was. All I'll say is the response afterwards from a guy was, she frosted me like a fucking cake. That was I'll the line. I'll say, if nothing else, we have very similar tastes in movies, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. That was the line. Hug and it. Shock it. <laughs> So to, uh, to the police uh, in the UK, if you can't get Lamar Chambers to go, you got options, if that movie's any indication. Oh, my God. That was just like, – how can they keep – I wonder what he's like – how long his sentence is without that. Like, I don't know, but can you imagine not going for 37 days, man? Can you imagine? I can't imagine going for three. So my daughter, sometimes young children uh, have trouble <laughs> going, right? And sometimes young children, in an effort to, uh, I don't know, try to put their foot down because they don't like that they have a young sibling, they will hold it in as a, as a way of trying to be a pain in the butt. So our rule with my young daughter is after the second day of not going, she gets a little bit of stool softener the third day in order to mm-hmm. help her go. And I'm bringing that up because today is actually day number three, so she's getting some stool softener today. But uh, 37 days, man. 37 days. I I know that we. Definitely I tied it into real life, go. Nigel. I tied it in. I'll give it to you. Definitely could go thirty-seven days without talking about shitting. Absolutely not. You couldn't either because you dig this. This is why it's part of the Sean Ross Seth file. You know you well, like. We're it. gonna be digging him pretty soon. <laughs> I want. I don't know what you mean by that. What does that mean? That is a nursing home term for manually digging the shit out of someone's ass. Really, Jimmy? <laughs> digging yeah. is the term. Digging. It's the really. Term. How do you know that? Well, I know a lot of people in our area. That, that's pretty much the field a lot of people go into is nursing homes and nurses' aides and stuff like that. It's a lot of old people around here. So there's a lot, a lot of, of ass- hillbilly gyms. There's a lot of ass digging in Ewing, Kentucky. 
Well, not in Ewing, Kentucky, in Maysville, in Flemingsburg, in the surrounding. We don't have a nursing home here. In Kentucky. There's a lot of ass digging in Kentucky. Well, in my general area. Like, not. Maybe. <laughs> Nigel, not Nigel was nodding the whole time, just so you know. <laughs> so, the, so the whole time when I was saying to you there's a lot of ass digging in Kentucky, Nigel was nodding his head over there. So. Well, you know, you all learn a little bit about life on this show. That's all I can say. So let's talk about Mustafa Ali. Yeah, let's. So I know Alex uh, Pulowski puts him over a lot, uh, puts over his promo work and all that kind of stuff. I saw the promo that he did. Apparently he wrote and produced it himself. Is that true? Yep. The one in Chicago, he did it on a tripod? Yep. So I saw the promo. Uh, if anybody hasn't seen it, I believe it's on YouTube. You can check it out. Thought it was. It was on two hundred five live last no, night. No, they showed it on there. I, I good. yeah, I heard, but but anybody that missed that, uh, you can probably yeah. see it on YouTube. So, I thought it was really good. I thought that uh, he's very well spoken. Uh, his timing is really good. He's got a great backstory. He used to be a cop in Chicago. He's married with two kids. Uh, we know he's good in the ring because two hundred five live. You know he's good in the ring. Um, I think that he's somebody that WWE needs to uh, give an opportunity to, but. My opinion might piss people off. Don't care. My opinion. They got to get rid of the stereotypical name. My opinion. I realize that he's uh, got a Pakistani background, and I realize that he's Muslim, and so they thought Mustafa Ali was the way to go. I think get rid of the stereotypical name. Get rid of the ring gear. I don't like his ring gear that he wears. He looks like a circus performer. So get rid of the stereotypical name. Get get rid of the ring gear. Acknowledge that he's American-born. You can acknowledge he's Muslim if you want, but acknowledge that he's American-born. Acknowledge he was a cop for four years, which at least if they showed the promo, now we know he was a cop because he said so, right? Acknowledge his past. Acknowledge he's a family man. He's a good talker, man. Give him an opportunity. I think that he's... Well, his real name's Adil Alam, so I mean, it's not like... It's still not Mustafa Ali. Like, are you fucking kidding me, man? Seriously. That's true. (laughs) That is that is also very true. I love I loved the match with Buddy Murphy last night. That 450, he had Buddy he worked over Buddy Murphy's arm, had Buddy Murphy face down, right? Put Murphy's arm on the bottom rope and did a 450 onto his arm, and it ruled. It looked so cool. Uh, all all in on that, and Drew Gulak's been great on that show. And they've got it's it's honestly from a quality standpoint. All things considered, 205 Live is the best WWE show there is right now. Now, let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. So, they haven't had the 205 guys on Raw in a while. Let me ask you this question. So, you know how NXT is utilized as the developmental territory. And once the guys are established there, then they get supposedly called up to the main roster. New Japan, again, I always talk about the the, the similarities with New Japan. New Japan has the junior heavyweights and they have the heavyweights. When the guy is established as a junior heavyweight, he supposedly graduates to heavyweight. Why not use 205 Live as a developmental system, much like NXT, and bring guys once they've kind of established themselves, give them a shot on the main roster? I thought there were ways where they could establish the cruiserweight division as... You know, the thing is, like, when I watch a UFC fight, I don't think that... John Jones is any less than a, a heavyweight, like right. any from a talent perspective. Just they're different weight divisions. That's just the nature yep. of it. Yep. I would have had a thing where um, immediately, like a guy like Alistair Black shows up and wins the cruiserweight title, and then instead of going around defending that, he shows up and he faces the heavyweight champion, and he either hangs with him, beats them, something like that. Show that your champion on that brand is on the level of the heavyweight champion. Right. Some mutual respect there. Just perception is everything. And I don't hear it as much, but there are still those fucking dopes in the world who are like, 
He's so little, he ain't gonna believably beat nobody. Ugh. It just doesn't work like that. Okay. Work like- I mean, look at Conor McGregor. Stefan Struve has made a career getting his ass kicked out of people half his size. Conor McGregor is the biggest box office draw in UFC history. Well, 100, 155 pounds. I mean, yep. Yeah, I agree. It's all about personality. And I, again, watching that promo, he's kid's got potential, but the gear's stupid. The name's stupid. My opinion, too stereotypical. So, what kind of gear would you suggest for the guy? What kind of gear? Uh, I mean, if they want to go, because obviously they got him wearing almost like a Roman Reign-esque kind of top. If they want to go with that, why does it have to have turquoise and shine and glitter on it and shit? Roman Reigns gear makes more sense for him than it does for Roman Reigns, because Mustafa used to be a cop. Yeah, but I still kind of dig the gear on Roman Reigns, because it makes him look different than everybody else. So I I still like it. Well, I think it makes him look too much like the S.H.I.E.L.D. version of Roman Reigns. I think they they put all that on Roman Reigns because they felt like he needed all that. And at this point, I don't think he does need all that. But I, I think, don't think he needs to be going out there dressed like Jesus, the guy that used to manage Carlito, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with, with the green clown pants and the wife beater. But I think if Roman was topless, he wouldn't look as unique. That's just my opinion. I don't care if you you wear something. I don't know. Well, wear pants. Don't get rid of the pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, used to, he used to wrestle in trunks back in the day uh, I, I I think keep him in the gear he's wearing but uh, Mustafa Ali I would change up for sure so let's talk about uh, Cody Cody Rose and the Young Bucks on the latest edition of Being the Elite they uh, announced the location for their all-in show which I can't believe they're getting so much attention for, a, for an independent show good for them that they're getting this much attention we have a clip from the announcement this is uh, Stephen Amell from Arrow that uh, said this go ahead Nigel listen I don't know what's wrong with these guys um Maybe I can't deliver a perfect Hurricane Rana or, um, you know, do anything but jump off the top rope. But I know how to announce the city that All In is going to be in September 1, 2018. Chicago, Illinois. We're coming for you. So Chicago was expected, I think. I think they're they're thinking either Chicago or California because that's where the Bucks are located. Chicago's where the Pro Wrestling Tea Store is, which is a big source of their income right now. So they went with Chicago. It's going to be uh, the Sears Center Arena, which is actually located in Hoffman Estates, which is about 25 miles outside Chicago. Building capacity is about 11,000 for wrestling. If they fill that building, they've done very well for themselves. Very well. Yeah, I would say so too. I... I've had multiple people reach out to me, like just casual wrestling fans that are, or just general wrestling fans who don't usually reach out to me about wrestling related stuff that are like, you're going all in, I'm going really? all in. Really? And yeah, that, that surprises me. I have a buddy who, uh, their, their bachelor party might go to all in. And are I'm you like, kidding me? I swear to God. Wow. Uh, Nikita Krylov fan. Uh, one of his buddies, if you guys know him from the Holy Smokes MMA podcast, he did the, Royal Rumble 95 alternate commentary with me hit me up and said that one of his buddies is thinking about doing his bachelor party in Chicago and hitting up all in. And I was like, wow. They want to do their uh, bachelor I, party in Hoffman Estates, Hoffman Estates. Well, I'd imagine more than <laughs> Chicago. Go to Hoffman Estates. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, I, know, I, I know. mean, what's better than getting shot for your bachelor party, right? Good Nigel, Trig Tent guy, anything? Good. <laughs> <laughs> so let's try to recap. So he's already shit all over San Antonio, so now they hate us. Now he's shit all over Chicago. Eventually, we're only going to have Kentucky people watching this damn show, Sean. Eventually. 
I, I, we, we have several. Then again, I shit on Kentucky and said that they got Hillbilly Jim Monument. So we're probably yes. cutting out Kentucky, too. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play another clip. By, by now, no Kentucky, no yeah. San Antonio, for sure. No, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure, yeah, yeah. Now no Chicago. No Chicago. So here's another clip that I want to play for, for our, uh, our video viewers. Uh, it's been getting some mainstream attention and uh, might be considered copyright infringement that we're playing this. But because, oh, it be, because it's gotten mainstream attention throughout lists like TMZ, I figure that it's, uh, it's good to go. This is the Sammy Callahan, Eddie Edwards spot from uh, Impact last week. Now, so go ahead, go ahead and play that. You can't match unpredictability with Sammy Callahan. What's he got behind? He's a despicable human being, and Eddie Edwards oh, got no, the... No, 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 no. no. What the? What the? Oh my god! Oh my! What the? Josh? Josh, that's not right. So, Eddie Edwards suffered uh, severe injuries to his eye. Uh, I forget all of the exact damages, Sean. You might, uh, you might know, but watching that spot, uh, my first opinion, and tell me if you agree or disagree. First off, it was a stupid spot to begin with. Eddie Edwards yeah. had to hold the chair on top of himself, which looked dumb. Nigel's nodding as a, as a non-pro wrestling man because he knows. He's holding the chair on top of himself, which looked dumb. That was number one. The spot was dumb. Number two, I thought Sammy Callahan was so careless with the way that he swung that bat. He was so reckless with the way he swung that bat. And quite frankly, if I was the promoter, I'm not using Sammy Callahan at the next tapings, if I'm being honest. Because when I see something as reckless as that, I don't need that guy on my show. Well, first off, he'll he'll be on our show because I got him for listening, your boy, in the coming weeks. I don't care. But... <laughs> I'm being a... if you want, you can it's tell already, him I said so. It's already in the can. Oh, okay, good, good, okay, okay. <laughs> Who gives okay. a shit? Already in the can. Okay, good, good. Um, <laughs> yeah, careless spot, man. Oh, it was uh, just... so reckless. Why? Why so don't reckless. you just stomp the damn thing? He could have stomp. Right, right. He could have lost his sight, man. Like that was now, such I've played... a. Hmm? I've like recreationally and casually played baseball for a long time, and I've used weapons and wrestling matches and all that stuff. And right. you control that. Like, right. You're right. You, it's easy. Right. It's not hard. No. I've been cracked with like kendo sticks a billion times yeah. and hit people with them a billion times. And you know, that hurts a little bit, but you can take a little off of it. Bats, all kinds of things shaped like that. Like that. it's not hard to do, no. but that spot just didn't make any sense. No, he swung it so damn hard it slid off the chair that was being held into the face of Eddie Edwards. And even and if I, let, let's say the spot went down the way it was supposed to, so all he did was hit the chair. What was supposed to be the end result of that? Can you I explain? How was that supposed to be? Hell no, I can't explain. It was it was just really poorly done, and I I'm gonna go ahead and guess that they didn't have a producer that went over that spot with them first. They probably just kind of put it together on their own. I don't know if Impact yeah. gives the guys that kind of freedom or not. It was just a terrible spot. It was dumb. It was careless and reckless. I would not use Sammy Callahan at the next taping if it was my decision. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, and I mean there there are some hurdles in working with him anyway because they, you know, there have been some accusations uh, about domestic situations with him in the past so a lot of companies get flack for working with him to begin with but okay well there you go yikes uh, put up the chris jericho tweet nigel oh sure so chris jericho was asked on twitter this week by a fan if he's done with new japan pro wrestling jericho responded not just putting up the screenshot he responded and he said quote unfortunately yes 
My answer is, don't believe anything Chris Jericho says on social media. Never. Never. I actually saw uh, the Fightful story, and I know that the Fightful story reported on it correctly, but I saw the Fightful story where it said Chris Jericho claims he's done with New Japan for wrestling or whatever the, the subject was. Yeah. Never believe anything Chris Jericho says on social media. And if anything, the fact he says, unfortunately, yes, means no, I'm not done with New Japan pro wrestling. <laughs> Because so. if he wants to not be done with New Japan Wrestling, then he's not done with New Japan Wrestling. Right, right. So Jericho never does what he it. wants. Yeah, yeah. And it's just obvious. He's doing the cruise, man. Like, come yeah. on. Like, clearly he's not. He's got all Ring of Honor. That, that, yeah, that's with New Japan, but they're they're connected. I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Uh, okay, so uh, WWE announced this week that they're doing a couple of big major shows coming up. The uh, The Rumble one is, to me, more interesting than the Aussie one. So they announced, and they're calling this the Greatest Royal Rumble. It's going to take place Friday, April 27th in Saudi Arabia. It's going to be a 50-man Royal Rumble match. Uh, and they've announced such names as John Cena is going to be in it, Triple H is going to be in it. Both brands, obviously, are going to, are going to have guys in it. Um, I, they haven't announced this, but I'm going to go ahead and assume that this is a sold show. And uh, it's part of a live event deal that they signed with the Saudi General Sports Authority. The reason I think that this is a sold show, or the reason I'm pretty sure it's a sold show, is it was lucrative enough that Vince McMahon himself went there to sign the deal. And Vince McMahon's not going there, even though it's a 50-man Royal Rumble. He's not going there if it's a regular live event where they got to sell tickets and, and do all of that. He's going there if this is a lucrative sold show that they probably got seven figures for. Probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to put on a 50-man rumble? Yes. To fly that many people over in yeah. general? Yeah. 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 I think it's I think it's a very lucrative sold show. Now, I also think that it's going to be broadcast somewhere, probably the network, because there was a uh, joint press release that was issued by WWE along with the Saudi General Sports Authority saying broadcast information will be available in the coming weeks. So it's probably going to be a network special. But, uh, man, imagine how lucrative that deal must be when it's going to be a 50-man Royal Rumble and Vincent Mann himself went with Triple H to sign that deal. That's a lucrative lucrative deal. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a Royal Rumble geek, so I'm excited for the, for a 50-man Royal Rumble. That should be a lot of fun. Right. I wonder how they'll make it work. I mean, they have the, the number of people to make it work. Oh, I would yeah. expect cruiserweights and all that stuff yeah. in there. Like, I, I think they'll go full on. I do hope the winner gets something. I don't care what, but you got to give them something agreed something something do you remember back in the day tiger ollie singh won some tournament weighty cup right <laughs> and all he got I was remember it all he got was a trophy right yeah wasn't that just a trophy? johnson won it one year too oh yeah so maybe they're just gonna get a trophy they'll call it the saudi cup well, i'll tell you why our viewers can get more than a cup <laughs> if they go to pro and use the code fightful they can get 20 percent off their crate of merchandise. Head over there, check it out. They got some really cool stuff stuff over there, uh, from like themed boxes like the Golden Age of Wrestling, and all the way to mid card boxes, cheap heat boxes. They have something for uh, all kinds of price ranges. So head over there, check that out. Use the code Fightful, and uh, if you've heard of them or if you heard of them through us, let them know on Twitter where you heard from them. The listen, you boy, Fightful. Also, hey, do you want me to segue into this clip? We're five minutes past due on it. Uh, I was kind of <laughs> waiting for you to do it, so uh, good job. 
Punishment Martinez. Here he is, Ring of Honor, 16th anniversary this weekend. Uh, I'm particularly interested in how, like, maybe you got in touch with Ring of Honor. I know you did a lot of stuff at Monster Factory, and uh, there are some ROH connections there. But how did uh, contract negotiations per se go down with Ring of Honor? Because, I mean, you're you're a different looking guy in pro wrestling. You're not. You, there's not a lot of six and a half foot tall guys. Just they don't grow on trees. So, I mean, uh, obviously, you've got a, a unique wrestling style for that size, and I'm, I'm interested in you as a commodity. How did you approach negotiations with Ring of Honor or vice versa? Uh, I mean, it's all timing, right place, right time. You know, I, I, like we talked about, I've been wrestling for a long time, and, but I wasted a lot of that time. The first 10 years of me being in this business was a, a complete waste, and I tell people all the time, don't be me. Don't be the guy that wasted his time and thought he could coast on his size because that's exactly what I did. And it did not work for me <laughs> and deservingly. So I was out of shape. So it, it took me starting to do ring of honor tryout camps, getting in front of them, started training at the dojo while I was still at the monster factory just to get better. And like I said, I got in shape. I lost over a hundred pounds and you know, delirious was the head trainer and booker of ring of honor. He saw these things. Um, and and I was persistent. That was the main key too. I was so persistent. I wouldn't stop. I wouldn't stop. And I I did multiple tryouts where they liked me as a worker, but everything else, the full package wasn't complete. And finally, it was actually at a trial camp where I showed up to do another trial camp. When I, as soon as I walked through the door, I was pulled into the office, and they told me that they wanted to offer me a job. And this is after I did the top prospect tournament. They wanted to offer me a, a contract, and. You know, and that was that was that. I mean, they, they Kevin Kelly at the time uh, was involved with the negotiation. He was the one that called and 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 did everything contractually, uh, uh, you know, pertaining to the contract. He's the one that called me and explained everything and and you know ran through everything and, and set everything up. But basically, it was just me being persistent and just showing up, and uh, you know, and then taking notice and realizing that. This wasn't, I wasn't just there to show face. I really wanted this and I was doing everything possible. Even for somebody who's been in the business a while, I was willing to, you know, uh, humble myself into these positions where I already had done the top prospect tournament, but I was still showing off the tryout camps. You know, nobody does that. You know, only a handful of people have, and that's why those people are successful. And I just followed that mold and, you know, did what I had to do to finally gain an opportunity. At what point would you say was the turning point and you were like, okay, I got to take this more serious? You know, I was uh, running strip clubs in Atlantic City. <laughs> I was living a pretty decent life. It I was going to say, that, that already sounds like, like well, what turning point? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, but this is what had happened. I, I, I was living, you know, in a penthouse apartment on the boardwalk, make good money, running a club. Uh, I was, you know, I was having a good time and, but I was still wrestling on the weekends and training and whatever. So, you know, I had to miss time from the club and the owners basically gave me an ultimatum, which was, Hey, stop doing that wrestling thing. And just, we want you here, you know, every day. And for whatever reason, and I, I've been given advice and been critiqued and been, been told everything by everybody before, for some reason that day, those words clicked on something and without hesitation i said uh nah man you have my two weeks notice <laughs> this is not what i want to do and then but by doing that i was like well if i'm giving my two weeks notice on this job i really have to do everything possible or else what's the point point?" and 
like I said, I don't know what, why that day I felt that way, but man, I really, really put my, my, my foot to that, you know, that pedal and didn't look back. And we're back. Punishment Martinez, that full interview will be released this week ahead of uh, Ring of Honor 16th anniversary. Remember, guys, I do have a live post show right after that Friday night, and we have live coverage. I will be in the chat talking with people. So come on and hang out with us. Jimmy, you'll be in Orlando, though. Yeah, I have to go to uh, visit the in-laws. i got to take two little kids on a 6 a.m. flight, which is going to suck. But uh, whatever, the, uh, I, I was telling the boys off the air, you know, you put in the work and you get the reward. For me, the reward is five days to myself when I come home. So the work is I got to do a 6 a.m. flight with two little kids, and I know it's going to suck. But the reward is I get five days to myself when I come home. So that's that's all fine. Again. What, what does that entail, five days to yourself? Just like your wife and the kids got to go somewhere else? Uh, no. They got to stay in the crown molding house? <laughs> I'm coming home early. <laughs> Oh, okay. I'm coming home early. My wife's staying with her parents for an extra five days. That's ah, what's happening. Okay. And then her parents are coming back with her so they can help her with the kids. I think I'm hitting up Denver in June or something. Okay. I don't know. That's cool. My wife wants to go. That's we cool. got a lot of friends out there. That's cool. You want to go there and just sing Rocky, Rocky Mountain High for like three straight days and then go home? Yeah, I hope. So uh, I heard hope that the... I am Rocky Mountain High while I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> Too much information. Too much information. <laughs> I heard that uh, the live chat was kind of shitting on us, claiming that we are too pro WWE and anti Impact Wrestling. No, one guy. Oh, one, one guy. guy. One guy. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. So I just want to say we shit on WWE when they deserve it, and if you listen to this whole podcast, we shit on WWE today when 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 they deserved it. Impact Wrestling hasn't deserved a whole lot of props, man. Like in months, quite frankly. So it is what it is. Let's go to some listener questions. Then after that, I'm gonna if I have time, I'll tell my Tim Horton story that I tell the, I, I mentioned to the guys off the air. So this first listener question, this is from Greg Sessler, and this is a good question. He said, curious to hear your thoughts on the lack of ratings boost Ronda Rousey got Monday, and what does that mean? So uh, in case anybody doesn't know the ratings, uh, the aggregate was, I believe, a 3.16 million in the U.S. on USA Network. 8 p.m. hour did 3.3 million. 9 p.m. hour did 3.27 million. 10 p.m. hour did 2.73 million. Now, traditionally, WWE has seen drop off between hour two and hour three, and that's been going on pretty much from the time that they started. It used to be, back when it was a two-hour show, that they would have their peak at 11 p.m., because that was when the main event happened. Since they added the third hour, now they're seeing burnout. And so between hour two and three, they're having a significant drop-off. Last week when Ronda made her debut on Raw, they put her in the 11 p.m. hour, or in the, in the 10 p.m. hour uh, at the end of the show, because I think that they thought this is going to peak the rating. I think that they shot, thought this is going to kill our drop-off, but it didn't. They still had drop-off. So this week they put her at the beginning of the show, which is when they see the highest level of viewership. Uh, and their ratings ended up being more or less the same with where they've been. However, this week they actually saw a massive drop-off between Hour 2 and Hour 3, probably because Ronda was already on the show, and they didn't really advertise anything for, uh, for, the, for the, the 10 p.m. hour except for Paul Heyman's thing, and he's not exactly going to be a draw. Um, the only thing I will say, though, in terms of Ronda Rousey, because they don't really give you this kind of a breakdown, in the 18-49 to 49 demo, and that's the demo that matters, that's the demo that the advertisers care about, Raw was not only number one on cable this week, they beat all the networks except for NBC and ABC. Don't know if that's because of Ronda Rousey. Don't know if her segment you know, showed a significant amount of viewers in that category compared to the other quarter-hour segments of the show. But they did see uh, um, pretty good numbers in the 18-49 demo this week. But they, I don't think they've seen so far 
the kind of potentially rating spike they thought they might get with Ronda Rousey. But at the same time, it takes viewers a while to kind of get things going anyway. And it's hard for me to speak to Nielsen ratings in 2018 because right. what do they mean, man? What do they mean? But I can say, and I mentioned this on the other shows, I talked to a lot of people backstage and WWE wrestlers in particular, and Ronda Rousey and Travis Brown are both rather popular there. Mm. And I've been told that they're going about things the right way. And the fact that uh, she will be on every Raw mm-hmm. until WrestleMania made a very positive uh, positive projection among wrestlers. They they liked that. And that's that's a good thing for her. And apparently, uh, I saw Daniel Cormier. Uh, he did an interview with TMZ. He was at Elimination Chamber. He said Ronda backstage was elated. He said she was so happy because she's been a fan of wrestling since she was a kid. And she was so happy that she was now participating in it. So I think the whole thing is good. I mean, I, I think that, the, I think that the, the full-time talent knows that she's a fan and that she's respectful to the business. This is, yeah. not, a, this is not a paycheck for Ronda Rousey, this thing. And I, I think they know that. And so uh, I, think it's, I haven't heard any negatives whatsoever about the whole thing. You know? Yep, that, that's pretty much the, the same thing I'm hearing. This next question is from Jose Flores. He says, is this shoot-style promo from Roman Reigns a temporary fix for his character? What happens when he doesn't face a part-timer? My answer is WWE doesn't think that far ahead. They think week-to-week on everything. No, they don't. They, they think I know. Week- I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, they, they think week-to-week on everything. And so they knew they were going to do Roman and Brock, but I don't think they thought anything about creative until it was time. To, to start promoting Roman and Brock, and they went to what the only thing they could think of, which is the part-time thing again. Uh, so no, I don't think this is going to be uh, something that you know is going to help them in the future in, in terms of shoot-style promos. They're thinking in the moment. This is what Ro- is going to help Roman, and that's all. That's all I see. Yeah, yeah, I think that as well. And you can only cut that promo so many times. I think it works against Brock with Roman because Roman is the company guy now. But right. I don't know. Maybe who do you think's the first guy to cut a promo about how Reigns had the mumps or something? Like I don't miss time for the mumps. <laughs> Part timer. I yeah. Uh, I mean, they haven't talked about who's going to be the first one for him uh, post Mania. So I don't know. I guess we'll figure it out. Yeah. This last question is from Andy Q at AT Quig, I'm, and uh, Hawkins actually answered this on Twitter, and I thought his answer was pretty much on par with with my answer. The question is, I'm curious as to the Fightful Crew's opinions of a debate a buddy of mine and I had. I say Carmella ends Asuka's streak via cash-in. He says, no way in hell. Uh, Hawkins said that uh, either Charlotte's going to end the streak at Mania and Carmella's going to cash in on Charlotte or Carmella's going to cash in on Asuka, I think he said. Uh, I think Charlotte's going to win at Mania uh, because I think that they want, you know, the, the Ric Flair, you know, offspring to beat the streak i think she's going to beat oscar and i think uh carmella may or may not cash in on charlotte i think oscar is going to stay on the raw brand so there's not going to be any anything to do with oscar on a cash in uh charlotte's going to retain the title and uh carmella may or not may not cash in on her my opinion i like the idea of charlotte ending, ending the streak i think she's special i think that her promo delivery is still a little heelish because she just does have that heelish delivery she's but... a better heel for sure yeah, she she is a better heel. Yep. And while I, I was surprised that they had Shinsuke Nakamura and Asuka, two Japanese wrestlers who couldn't speak great English, win the Royal Rumble, I don't think they'll have them both win at WrestleMania. And Agreed. I do expect I think I think Nakamura will win at WrestleMania, but I don't see Asuka winning. Yeah, yeah, I think you got to keep Asuka on Raw. Although yep. if they did move her to SmackDown, that's the last time that they got to fill out with. 
ill-advised promos of her speaking English in front of a crowd. Agreed. We'll see how it goes. There, there's got to be some major changes to the rosters after WrestleMania. They Agreed. need it real bad. Agreed. Charlotte back on Raw. That's what I would do. Uh, really? Yeah. I, I, I thought... think it's... I, you know, when you say that, I, I do think that she's a better fit there and Alexa yeah. was a better fit on SmackDown. 100%. 100%. For sure, I'd put her back on Raw. So I'm going to tell you guys a, a funny story. So uh, our video viewers can see this cup right here. This is a Tim Hortons coffee cup. They're doing a promotion called Roll Up the Rim. They do it every year. You roll up the rim of the cup and you can win a coffee or something. And years ago when I was a, a younger man and uh, didn't maybe have the financial resources I have now and uh, didn't care so much about doing things that were stupid. So on these cups, they claim, and I don't know if you can see this on the video, they claim one in six chance to win. It says it on the cup Uh-oh. right there. Nigel and I were talking off the air about how we never win. Uh, and the one in six chance thing is bullshit. So years ago, I took a bunch of these please play again rims, which is what you get if you don't win. It says please play again. I took like 35 please play again rims, put them in an envelope, sent it to the CEO of Tim Hortons Canada, and included a letter that said, uh, your contest is a scam. I've lost 35 times in a row, which is, uh, uh, it goes against your claim on your cup. These are lies. I'm going to the media. You're the Kurt Hawkins of Tim <laughs> Now, I did it, obviously, for fun. I was not going to go to the media, but I did it for fun. And within, like, a month, they sent me a book of coupons for, like, free oh, wow. everything from Tim Hortons. So I saw that, and I thought, i got to take advantage of this. Around that time, the Summer Olympics was going on. And McDonald's was doing a tie-in with the Olympics where they had uh, Olympic athletes on their bags for the, for the McDonald's products. Yeah. Uh, I happened to go to Tim Horton or to McDonald's one day, and the bag had an Olympic gymnast doing the splits on it. And I got an idea. I sent that bag to the CEO of McDonald's Canada, <laughs> and I said, "This is pornographic and offensive, and I'm going to the media." <laughs> and <laughs> within a month, coupon book from McDonald's Canada for free combo, wow. Sean. Yes. So what ended up happening after that was every year for probably three or four years in a row, I would use I would use a fake name. I would use a fake name and I would use a fake address and I would send the same letter to Tim Hortons. And every year I got a coupon book from Tim Hortons. As a matter of fact, uh, one year I don't. Do you remember when Chris Jericho used to use an alias for Fozzie? Yeah, Moon Goose McQueen. I used that name one year, Moon Goose McQueen. <laughs> <laughs> and I sent the letter to Tim Hortons from Moon Goose McQueen, got the book of coupons from Tim Hortons, and I did it like four years in a row. So I am going to do that. Yep. I'm going to do it. Yep. And we're going to see. And if I get a coupon book, yep. not only will I reveal it here on the air. Yeah. You're going to give it away. Yeah. Oh, hell no. <laughs> During the segment, how much I love Tim Hortons. I had nine charges from there yeah. on my bank statement when I came back. There you go. Oh, man. Good stuff. Guys, we got good stuff at Fightful.com. <laughs> Head over there. Like, subscribe, thumbs up. Visit our good friends over at DraftBus.com and LivingSharp.com. Jimmy, what else you got? Heading to Orlando Friday morning. It's going to be one of the worst mornings of my life. Why? Um, I'm getting my children up at 3 a.m. Yeah, that's going to be bad. It's going to suck, but but 
Monday evening until next Saturday I have to myself and that is my reward. And so bring on Friday, bring on the airport. I'm ready to go because I get my five days off next week. Well, I will be here Friday night covering Ring of Honor 16th anniversary. I'll be here Sunday night covering WWE Fastlane. And of course, we have all your wrestling coverage over at Fightful.com. I have that Fightful Wrestling Weekly that drops on Fridays. Check it out. I've got about a thousand words worth of exclusives, Fightful news, things like that that may not fit into other articles. Also, check out our friends at Pro Wrestling Unlimited who do a video for that. And they also syndicate this show on their channel as well. Guys, until next time, we are out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.